Hey, this is Pastor Chris Garcia from Numa Church, and we're so glad that you tuned into our podcast today. I pray that as you listen to today's message, God will speak to your heart in a powerful way. Oh man, I'm, I'm grateful and honored to be able to bring the word today. Um, and we're gonna, this is the last, the last teaching in, in the Connect series. We've been having a series and, and we've been going through it. And, uh, and today's message is called The Greatest. The Greatest. And I want to read um, from Matthew 22, 36 to 39. Uh, I don't believe I gave you that, that scripture. So Matthew 22, 36 through 39. It's a New Living Translation. And it says this, Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. How many of you guys have kids? Right? And when they're young, you tell them to do something. And, and they always, they, they tend to say a phrase that, that sometimes bothers me, irks me. Like, oh, like I'm going to, you know, boy or girl, you better, you just better do what I'm asking you to do. I'm going to say it, and when I say it, your parents are going to be like, and it's this, but why? <laughs> How many have heard that phrase over and over and over again? And our response is, because I said so. <laughs> right? <laughs> That's what I'm talking I know it's the English service, but because I said so. That's all you need to know. I'm not giving you an explanation. And today, I want to go into three points, the why of of why we should go and love our God above all things. Why is the, great, is the greatest commandment? It's not the only three, but there are three points that I think could push us or, or, or teach us why it is, it is the most important and greatest commandment. See, because without the why, sometimes I think the why is what adds the passion. You hear me? Like you can know what to do, but if you don't know why you're doing it, you, you might not do it the same way. Yeah? The why sometimes put a, puts a fire to your behind or a fire in your heart that says you need to do this and you need to do it well. And um, I just want to move quickly because I want to give time at the end for, for just for the calling and for an opportunity for us to respond. So let's go to First Chronicles 22 verses 14 through 16. It says this. I have worked hard. This is David. I have worked hard to provide materials for building the temple of the Lord. Nearly 4,000 tons of gold, 40,000 tons of silver, and so much iron and bronze that it cannot be weighed. I have also gathered timber and stone for the walls, though you may, though you may need to add more. You have a large number of skilled stonesmen, carpenters, craftsmen of every kind. You have expert goldsmith and silversmith and workers of bronze and iron. Now begin the work, and may the Lord be with you. So this is David speaking to Solomon, right? Because David wasn't able, he had a desire to build the temple, yes? But he wasn't able, why? Because he was a man of war. He killed a lot. He, there was a lot of blood on his hands. So the Lord says, you know what? The man that is going to build the temple needs to be a man of peace. And he chose his son Solomon. And it's crazy. I don't know if we have the materials there and the breakdown. 4,000 4, tons of gold, 
40,000 tons of silver, bronze and iron beyond weighing. There was so much bronze and so much iron that they couldn't weigh it. So they just said beyond weighing. Master craftsmen's, goldsmiths, and I didn't even know there was a such thing as silversmiths. The only person can faltaba ahí is Will Smith. You know, <laughs> goldsmith, silversmith, Will Smith. Today's money, it's over $4 billion. This is just a, some of the stuff because if you see, David says you need to add se several things. So there was things added on. Solomon, Solomon added on more materials. So in, in, in today's money, to build that temple, it would cost over $4 billion. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. And then on top of that, all the craftsmen and all the experts that they would, they would get or hire to do the work. The first point is, consider the cost. Consider the cost. The more you value something or someone, the more you are willing to pay or do to protect it or to hold it. Yeah? Yeah? How many of you guys got this? How many of you guys have a phone? If you have kids, you have a case on your phone. You know, I got a, the, otter, the otter box, I think it's called the otter box. This thing, you can throw it against the wall and it won't break. See, this is, uh, we've, I value my phone and it costs money. So I, I spend a little bit of money to protect it. Right? When your babies are born, come on, your first child. You remember that first child? You know, the, man, I was so nervous about building the crib because I'm not really good. Like, I'm not a good handyman. So I was like, I'm praying that this thing don't fall apart when my, when my, when my baby girl is sleeping. You know what I'm saying? Like, this thing, looking, what a way, like, you know, to introduce her to the world after she's laying in her crib, looking at her little things, and just collapses. But we spent money on a monitor. We spent money on a good crib. We spent money on a little, uh, back in the day, they had this little cushion thing that you could put between, which that was the most nerve-wracking thing ever, like to try to sleep with my daughter in between, like me and my wife. I was like, like I couldn't sleep. I move. I punched my dad one time in the sleep. I literally punched him. Like, I, he woke me up like, what are you doing? I'm like, what happened? He's like, you punched me. I'm like, oh, sorry, I was sleeping. Or how about our house? Because we, we, we make an effort to go to our job every day, make money, you know, sometimes work eight, ten hours to bring, to bring a, a paycheck home so that we can, we can provide a shelter for the family that we love so much. See, the, the things or the people that we love, we tend to work or make an extra effort or, or go beyond so that we can take care, so that we can show them how much we care. And I believe in this passage, it's, 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 it's David's heart and Solomon's heart that's being expressed. They're expressing how much love there is in their heart for the presence of God. So they were like, I'll spend whatever because it is for his presence. Four billion dollars so that the presence of God can abide in a building. But you know what? That is not the greatest price 
or the greatest payment for a building or for a temple that was paid in Scripture. And a verse that we know very well, John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That is the greatest price paid for a temple in the history of humanity. Consider the cost. Consider the cost of what we felt in this room today. Consider the cost that you can lift up your hands and worship. Consider the cost that you can feel the presence inside of you. You take the spirit of the living God wherever you go. And every benefit of the kingdom that he reigns in. Consider it. Man, his, he, he loves us so much that he was willing to pay the highest price to have access to you. I need you to think about that because we talk, we, wow, four billion, four billion dollars is a lot of money, right? How much would someone have to pay for you to sacrifice your firstborn or your only child? How much money? Is a billion enough? Is 10 billion enough? Is 40 billion enough? How much money? What would have someone have to give? It's not enough. See, when we consider what's been paid for this temple, we should be living our lives different. The first thing that should pop into your... So I, 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 I want to honor Pastor Milton because I remember we went to New York and the first thing this man does every morning is literally he rolls off... I think he already has like a... Like, he, like a roll. Like he knows how to do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? He's sleeping and he just... His alarm goes off and he just... Boom! Right to his knees. It's like a, like a, like a karate move. Incredible. Uh, this man, every day, and I, I'm, I'm confess, I didn't wake up every day. I started waking up, like, after I, he started waking up, I'm like, I, I got to wake up, bro. You know what I'm saying? This guy's setting the bar. I'm not just going to sit there snoring while he's praying, you know what I'm saying? But that should be our response every single day to our God because of what he's paid. I know it's not a feel-good message, right? But it's the truth. Consider the cost. We sit in these comfortable chairs. Look what's happening in Ukraine, right? Nobody's worrying about jobs right now. Nobody's worrying about, about you know, the mall. Nobody's worrying about the latest movie. Nobody's worrying about the, the soccer game. Nobody's worrying about the football game. They're, they're just worried about what? About life. And I have planned to say this at the end because I thought it would go well in the preaching at the end, but I believe the Spirit's doing something else. See, like, they're looking for a way out. And there's only one way out. There's no other way. There's no many ways and a few ways. No, there's one way and it's Jesus Christ. But the thing is that it's, it's always been like that. There's always been one way, but we only know that, that he's the one way when he's the only way. We wait for it to be, him to be the only way to choose him, right? Now you got people in, in, in tunnels and, and, in, and in, in train stations and lifting up the name of Jesus. Why doesn't that happen today here in the United States? Is he not the only way, the truth, and the life? Is, he's only like that in Ukraine? 
And I, I, and I have mercy and I have pride because of what's happening over there, man. I've seen little kids and old people being bombed and that's, that's no way to live. But I'm trying to tell you, church, are we going to have to wait for things to get like that to go and, and, and seek the way? To spend time with God in a train station. It's crazy because you go to New York and people are playing music in the train station all the time. It's real quiet. You guys got to say an amen or say mm-hmm, something. Like, you know, I don't like talking to myself. I know it's not easy, man. But the gospel is not easy. And it's not free either. For you and I, it's free. It's a gift. But it wasn't free. There was a high price paid for it. So consider the cost and respond to Jesus. Respond to Jesus, man. However that looks in your life, respond to Jesus. Second point. <clears throat> Experience over opinion. Experience over opinion. James 2, 14 through 18. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a, a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well, and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what, the, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by actions, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith with deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Everybody has an opinion about God, but not everybody has an experience with him. I think Martha was saying it, that today we're going to experience God. That, only, that, that, that just doesn't only depend on, on God, it depends on you and the decision that you make today. Your response to his call, your response to his love. Everyone has an opinion. You can have a thousand opinions and have an experience and all those opinions change. For the good or for the bad. Some of you guys have, an, uh, some of us have a bad image of the father because of our experience with our earthly father. Yes. An experience changed or changed your opinion. And we come to God and we're like, God, you, you, you're a father. Are you, like my, 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 are you like my experience with my earthly father? One experience can change what you believe and think about whatever it is that you're looking at. So imagine if we decided to experience God. Imagine if today you, you refused to stop, to, to stop uh, walking around like, if you know God, but in really, you, in really you do not. Because you can fool me. You can fool your, your pastor. You can fool your wife. You can fool your husband. But you can't fool him. That's why in scriptures it talks about people that are in heaven. And they're saying, I cast out demons. I prophesied in your name. And all this stuff. And he, what does he say? The, apart from me, evildoers. I, I do not know you. Question. And I don't, this is going a little too deep, but. I'm already halfway there. Yeah, forget it, bro. I'm like, waist deep. <laughs> Who does those things in the church? Who prophesies? Who casts out demons? Who does that? Is it newbies in the church? 
is the leaders in the church. I'm just saying, we walk around like if we know God. You know? Christianese. You got the, the face down packed, hand at a 90 degree angle, lean back a little bit, and you rock with it. That's it. Everybody looking at that, he's, he's got to be a leader. You know? Or you start crying. Looking like Shakira where you worship, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Do you know God? Have you experienced God or are you full of opinions? No, I think God is this. I think he heals. I think he restores. No, no, no. Do you know? Has he been a healer in your life? Has he been a provider in your life? Have you let him love you out of your bitterness and anger? Is he your deliverer? We need to experience him, guys, because I, I, I got news for you. There's a generation that's coming behind us that if you don't know, they will know. What are you going to say? No, is that my father's uncle lived this with Jesus. And it's cool. There's testimonies that we can grab on to, to build our faith. But you need to have a story of your own. Are you trusting God with your life? Are you experiencing him on a daily basis, man? Just yesterday, I was buying Fritanga. And the Holy Spirit told me to call somebody and to give him a word. And I called him and I gave him a word. And guess what? Somebody else from another state called him and gave him the same word. I was buying Fritanga, man. You think I'm a fritanga? Thank you, Jesus. Pásame la carne asada. I'm not like that. I'm not walking into fritanga like that, bro. You know, I'm not walking in. You know, I'm not doing that. But when you spend time with the Lord, you can't ignore him. Something shifts and changes in your heart when you spend time with when you experience his goodness and his power and his presence. Not just here in the building, but in this building. Because the price that was paid for this building is not greater than the price that was paid for this building. Sometimes we honor this building more than we honor this building. And we honor the voice of a pastor and a preacher more than we honor the voice of the spirit of the living God. Experience over opinion. But you got to be willing to go the extra mile. Sometimes you get pushed. I had a friend of mine that has a Long John Silver's over there. And I think I told this story. There used to be a Long John Silver's over there on 117th. And there was a man here talking about wonders and miracles. And, and he was all about that. I was kind of like, uh, iffy. You know, I was like, I don't know if that's for me. You know, that's for somebody else. We went to Long John Silver's. He sees a woman in a cane. He, he calls us up. We go, we go to the lady. He says to the lady, can we pray for you? And she's like, yeah, sure. And then he just... Looks at me and says, Max, pray for her. It's like, this is not my idea. This was your idea. You, like, in my head, I'm like, you pray for her, bro. You know? Like, what's wrong with you? I came here to eat some fish sticks. You want me praying for an old lady? What's wrong with you, bro? So I'm like, listen, okay. You know, I'm trying to be proper and polite. Can I, can I lay my hands on you? And she's like, you can put your hands wherever you want. I'm like, ooh. 
Girl, Jesus, help me, Lord. I prayed for her. I was like, I'm a quick prayer, Father, heal her, blah, 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 blah. I don't even know what I said. I stopped praying for her. And she's, I'm like, check, see, see if, you, if the pain is gone. Can you walk? She, gave, she, started, she took the kid like this, and she started walking. She's like, oh, the pain is gone. And I'm like, the pain is gone. I mean, yes, the pain is gone. <laughs> because an experience with God is not, not going to be high. Like this, it's going to be like this, and then you're going to take dips, and then you're going to go like this, and you're going to take dips, and you're going to go like this, and you're going to take dips. And if someone's telling you something different, they're lying. Because we are human beings, and you need to live experiences that stretch your faith, and even you, you might even doubt in the middle of the experience. I was like, you're healed? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, well, praise Jesus. I walked out of there, and I was like, come on, Lord. And then I had another opportunity to pray for somebody, and I felt like the voice of the Spirit said, pray for them. And I'm like, all right, let's do it. Why? Because I didn't have an opinion that God was a healer. I already experienced that God was a healer. Your experience will push you to walk in faith and boldness. But if you refuse to to walk into the experience, then you're always just going to have an opinion. And your opinion about God doesn't change anybody. I promise when I was preparing the teaching, I wasn't this angry speaking. Like I, I, <laughs> my delivery was different. But I'm passionate about this, man. Because I'm here because someone refused to just have an opinion about God and have an experience with God. And because that experience that they had, my life was changed. And everyone that's sitting in a chair right now in this building, has, their life has been changed because someone experienced God and brought you into that experience. You have people like, like, Mary, like Mary who chose to sit at Jesus' feet, right? Moses, he said, if your presence doesn't go, I don't want to go, Lord. The psalmist that said, better is one day in your courts than the thousands elsewhere. Think about that. He's not even talking about the, the, inner, the, the inner place, the holy holy. He's talking about the courts. And he's saying that the, the extension of, of, of who God is in the courts is better He'd rather spend a day, a, a day there than a thousand days anywhere. And I'm sure that that guy has walked the palace of the king. And he's seen some rooms. But he says that a day in, in the courts of the Lord is better than a thousand days. What, what, has ha, what, what grasped that guy's heart? What, what did that, the psalmist see, feel, know that he's willing to say that, man, a, a day in the courts is better than a thousand places anywhere. He's not just saying in other, think about what's the best place that you could ever think? Tahiti in one of those, in one of those little huts with the see-through, see-through floor? Right? That's Tahiti or Fiji, whatever. Or an all-inclusive in the in Dominican Republic eating all you can eat mango. <laughs> or in Hawaii, paradise. Think of what's the best place that you can think of. The psalmist is saying that I'd rather spend a day in the courts of the Lord than a thousand days in the best place that you can think of. Something grasps that man's heart. The presence of God is not a place we go to. It's a place we live from. You hear me? The presence of God is not a place you go to. It's the place where we live from. We got it twisted. It was a jam by Key Sweat. Got me twisted.
I'm not going to sing that song because it's not appropriate. But we got it twisted, people. We got it twisted. The band can come up. The last point. So the first one, consider the cost. Second, experience over opinion. And third, his love changes how we love. Psalms 37.4 says this, take the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So when I first read this, When I first read this, <clears throat> it kind of seems like if, if you hang with the Lord enough and spend time, enough time with the Lord enough that he'll give you anything you want, right? That's kind of like, like when you read it at face value, it's like, man, if I, hang, if I spend time in the presence of God, he's going to give me like the car I've always wanted or the house I've always wanted or the family I've always wanted. Or the ministry I've always wanted. But that's not what the Lord, what that scripture says. That scripture says that when you delight yourself so much in his presence, your desires are new. Now it's not like, oh, he's going to give me all the money. He's like, Lord, give me so I can give to others. Or I want a car so I can look good. No, Lord, get me a car so I can take some people to church that they don't have a ride. If you've been a youth pastor, you know what that is. Yeah. They don't put that in the job description. Shoot. But the gas bill starts. And guess what? 14, 15 year olds don't have money. They don't got money to pay your gas. Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris had, a, I think, a, a, a Toyota Camry, a little baby blue four-door Toyota Camry. I think he got caught in a flood in here in Miami, and I think I flooded up and everything. He used to go pick me up in that, and I would pray. I was like, Lord, that we make it. Listen. He never asked me for gas money. He never complained about me calling him to give him a ride, which I'm sure he, he was like, man, this little short, stumpy black kid, I'm going to kill him. Keeps calling me. To, nah, man. And I learned that. And I imitated that. And I had, a, 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 in my birthday, one of the kids mentioned that. He's like, man, Pastor, you, you always would pick me up. He's a, one of my friends. He's one of my close friends. He's like, you would always pick me up, man, in that loud eclipse. Had a Mitsubishi clip silver with an exhaust that you can hear me coming like a mile away. Yeah, I can never surprise anybody. Delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. His desires become your desires. It's kind of like when you start eating healthy, you know, and I said something one day that I thought I would never say when I, when I, when I eat healthy, I was like, man, I'm in a mood for a salad. 
I would have never said that. But because I decided to change my experience, my desires changed. Just stand up to your feet. Today, we all have an opportunity to respond to Christ. To make room for him. Everyone in this building that's hearing my voice. Everyone in this building that has experienced already today the presence of God in this place. You're going through what you're going through. You're living what you're living. But today, you have an opportunity to respond to Christ. Are you just going to continue walking around with a thousand opinions and no experience? Or are you going to consider the cost and say, you know what, Lord? You paid a high price for my life. So I am going to respond. Make room for him today. And I will make room for you, for you To do whatever you want to To do whatever you want to And I will make room for you, for you To do whatever you want to To do whatever you want today and we're closing off the series and today you can make a decision that will change your life you got people here in the front to pray if you are here and you recognize that you have a lot of opinions but very few experiences you recognize that you haven't considered the cost of what Christ has paid for you to have the Holy Spirit living in you 
And maybe you're here, you're like, man, all I want is my desires and all I care is about what I want and when I want it. And you say, my desires are not his desires. I want to delight myself in the presence of God. If that's you and you're here in this place and you want prayer, just come up to the front to anyone that is here. Without hesitation, we just want to pray for you. We just want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. Thank you for what you're doing in this place. If you are here for the first time or the second time, and you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and today you want to decide, Lord, here I am. Here is my heart. Here is my life. I realize that I'm a sinner, that I fail time and time again. But I also recognize and believe that you, Jesus, took my place on that cross where I was supposed to be. Today, I decide to accept that sacrifice in my life and receive you, Lord and Savior. If you've never made that decision, just want you to raise your hand wherever you're at. I just want to pray for you. Just raise your hand wherever you're at. If you're, if you're watching online, if you're watching online and you've never made this decision, I want, I want you guys to repeat after me. If you're here and you've never made that decision, repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. I thank you for paying for my sins. Today I receive you as Lord and Savior. I confess that I need you. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, to lead me and to guide me. Teach me how to follow Jesus. I repent for all my sins. And I receive your forgiveness for all of them. I love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for listening. If you liked what you've heard, subscribe to our channel and share it with others. Now, for more content from NUMA and to connect with us, visit our webpage at numachurchmiami.org. We love you and we hope to connect with you soon.